The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. podcast. Watch global. global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, the uh, the casual wrestling podcast, which will be epitomized today, as my guest <laughs> is having dinner while we record. Trevor Larson, welcome back to the pod. How are you? I'm doing well, eating a taco. Yes, I, I see that. I, I'm glad you're enjoying. I'm sure they'll hear it. That taco. I, I'm sure they are. Anyway, folks, this is a brand new rendition of the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, as this is the first ever Wrestling Rewind episode. Hopefully the first of many. We'll see. We'll see. And today we are covering the 1997 WCW event Fall Brawl taking place on September the 14th from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Now, Trevor, as you take your last bite of that taco, which, how is that taco? Is it good? Yeah, it's Taco Bell. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Glad to hear it. Okay. Now, Trevor, you've been uh, you've been watching WCW pay per views leading up to this event fairly consistently. Yes. And the one right before this was Road Wild. Yes, it was. So before before we we jump into talking about Fall Brawl, can you tell us a little bit about a Road Wild from Asturias, South Dakota? The whole crowd was bikers. <laughs> it was outside. You walk on dirt to the ring. Yes. <laughs> they nailed the theme. I'll give them that. But in terms of matches, uh, it was bad. I was telling Lance as we were preparing, he said, uh, I just got done watching Road Wild, and I said, we can do a funny one and berate that pay-per-view, or we can do Fall Brawl, which has some decent matches in it. And he said, well, uh, yeah, let's not do Road Wild. (laughs) Road Wild, oh, it was bad. There is no Hog Wild or Road Wild that I have interest in watching ever. It was bad. (laughs) The the only match from any of those pay-per-views coming from Sturgis I've already seen, which is the Chris Benoit versus Dean Malenko 35-minute match. Mm. I have no desire to see any other match. Um, but Trevor, did you know, I have a little, little backstage info from Road Wild 97, um, the Outsiders defeated the Steiners to retain the WCW Tag Championships at Road Wild. Yeah. Did you know that the Steiner brothers were scheduled to win the tag titles that night? But wouldn't you know it, Nash and Hall went up to Bischoff and said, you know, trading these titles too much, it's, uh, it's hurting the belts. It's hurting the belts. I don't think we need to pass it on. The crowd loves the Steiners. The crowd loves the Steiners! Which they is were, weird, they were... I don't. <laughs> How do you like Scott Steiner with with uh, brown hair and a bun? <laughs> yeah, he needs to get his uh, big papa pump. Big papa pump face and go <laughs> Do you know he's still taking some indie dates and still doing some matches here and there? Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's in a trios tournament this year. 
um, teaming with Petey Williams, the creator of the Canadian Destroyer, and uh, Jordan Grace, who's a current indie wrestler who jokes that Scott Steiner is her dad, and he just kind of goes along with it. So, so that's what Scott Steiner's up to these days. I'm kind of glad they didn't get the belts in Road Wild. <laughs> Trevor's like, listen, I don't give a fuck if NWO is running amok backstage, but uh, but they are. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was gonna read that section out of the. Death of WCW book by Artie Reynolds and Brian Alvarez, but I just summed it up, so there's no reason to, to straight read the paragraph. So, anyway, before we jump into much, any of the facts or reports I get into, I don't want to, like, cite my sources every time I go along. So, just so you know, the Death of WCW book by Reynolds and Alvarez, like I said, Wrestling Observer Newsletter by Dave Meltzer, um, J.P. Sorrow and Jack Encarnacio of the Laps Fan Podcast. That's where I'm getting a lot of this information, so just throwing it out there. I don't want to get accused of plagiarism. Anyway, Trevor, before we jump into the matches, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with WCW and WWF. So, as you know, we are in the heat of the Monday Night Wars. Full swing of things. WCW is kicking WWF's ass. So, on the September 10th... I'm sorry, excuse me. The September 8th Nitro of 1997, the Nitro before this pay-per-view, Nitro did a 4.27 TV rating on that show. I don't know what Raw did. 2.15. So they doubled Raw on the rating that week. Oh my gosh. So for their September pay-per-views, respectively, WCW drew 11,939 fans. WWF drew 4,963 fans. Like ticket sales? Yeah, yeah, for attendance. So uh, paid attendance was was like 11, like just over 11,000 even. So this is total attendance. But still, they drew 11,000 paid and WWF drew 4,000 paid. In a matter of four years. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm getting that. <laughs> um, so, the gate, how much they made off ticket sales for their September pay-per-views. WCW made 213000 in ticket sales. WWF, their gate for their September pay-per-view, 82000 Now, here's the interesting thing. The pay-per-view buy rate for each show... WCW drew a 0.53 buy rate, which that means uh, half of a percentage of anyone that could buy the pay-per-view in this country did. So anything close to 2.0 is really, really good. Anything below 5 is kind of not great, especially this era. So WCW did 0.53, WWF did 0.45. So the pay-per-view buys were very, very close for this month. So while Nitro is killing them at the live gate and on TV, WWF's not far behind on pay-per-views this month, hmm. which I think is interesting. Because, Trevor, a year from right now, well, then. <laughs> 97. Yes. So in October of 98 is the very last time that WCW Nitro beats Monday Night Raw on the ring. Wow. Games. That's only a year away. That's how quickly the fall of WCW is. Now, having Stone Cold and The Rock sure helped on WWF's side, but there is a precipitous fall coming up in WCW's future. So I want you to know, right now, WCW is in the middle of an 83-week-in-a-row win streak over Raw for beating them in the ratings on Monday night. The first time WF gets a win over them to break the streak is in April, a couple weeks after Austin wins the title, ever so many in 14. And then the last time WCW gets it is October 98. Isn't that nuts? And then two and a half years after that, they're dead. They don't exist. And pro wrestling in this country changes forever. 
For the worst. For the worst. <laughs> Indeed. Although, the WCW really need, you know, pick your poison. Which one do you want? <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. WCW was shitty, but the fact that there was something else on an important cable TV gave more guys to give money. It still forced the WF to do some stuff creatively. Yeah. Because if someone got pissed, they could leave. Yeah, so. now they can do whatever they want. Everything there's no WCW. There's nothing. Yep, nothing. Nothing. Close. And Trevor, they've done whatever they've wanted for 15 years. It's been trash. And it's been trash. And it's hurting them in the ratings. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the storylines are still pretty NWO-dominated. Trevor, what are your thoughts on the NWO here in September 97? In the pay-per-view? Yes. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, NWO, you said NWO? Yeah, so like, are you sick of the NWO? Or are you ready for them to go away? Do you still love them as heels? No, they're doing enough, uh, they're doing enough things that it's, that it's, I think, enjoyable. Um, and we see that in this pay-per-view, as we'll talk about in the last match. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell by my star rating what I thought <laughs> of it. But I think they're still doing enough. I mean, Hogan, obviously, is still top dog. Sure. But he, and he lost... What was it before Road Wild or before this one? I think it was before, before Road Wild. Before Road Wild, he lost the belt five days before the pay per view on Road Wild to Luger. Yes, and then Lu- and then Luger r- loses it at Road Wild. Yes, so it's <laughs> which like, is interesting because that's the pay per view that the other NWO members, Nash and Hall, said, "Well, we can't switch the title around too much." <laughs> so it's just like, wow, you give it away on Nitro, yep, and then he gets it right back. Yeah. It's like if you okay, let him have it. If you got a nitro, okay, have him win the pay per view. So NWO is doing well. I like him. I still like him. Yeah. Um, now, are you someone that would like? I still like him, but I'm ready for the payoff. I'm ready for the big blow off to come soon. Are you getting close to there? It just feels like there's no. I feel like I'm gonna get tired of them soon. And there's nothing being done. There's there's no work being done to prepare to end mm. them. They're just letting them win. They're just kind of owning. There's no, you know, like I've proposed to you, a champion that rises up or a faction rises up. In fact, the four horsemen get disbanded. Yeah. <laughs> after this pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, before, technically, because Aaron Anderson retired and, retired and tries and, to bring Kurt Henning. Yeah. And then yeah, and we'll more to that. come. More to come. <laughs> um, so there's just nothing being done. There's no teams being built. There's no hero being built. There's no storyline being built of they're going to crash and burn. They're going to lose you know, and fall apart. Mm-hmm. The only thing is they do look troubled. They're, they keep talking about them having um, disagreements and disunity. But you know they won't fall apart because there's no one else to pick up the pieces. Right. So you're, you're not worried, or worried's not the right word, but you're not seeing anything that's going to yeah. cause them to actually end. Not seeing anyone rise up against them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right, because, uh, and you're also just watching the pay-per-views on Nitro, Sting True. is being teased over and over as the guy. Well, that's funny. I was just thinking about that today when I was yeah. watching <laughs> Halloween Havoc. Sting never does any pay-per-view matches. Nope. He didn't wrestle for a year, Trevor. <laughs> he, he'll show up, and it's confusing. Like, I rode wild. I think he hit. He hit a WCW member in a facing a NWO match. I have to look yep. at that, and I'm like, "Why did he hit him? Which side is he on?" Yep. Well, and that's what they wanted to tease for a little bit. Was is he choosing WCW? Is he choosing NWO? And then on the one I'm watching today, Halloween Havoc, they disband Sting from the ring mm. in the title match. Mm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. I do think watching the Nitros would fold out a little more. Again, I didn't watch it live. We were not watching WCW live in 97. Um, I don't think we started watching until 98. So we didn't see this live. Um, but based on what I've read, Sting was being teased quite a lot. And certainly, I think, towards the end of the year, he was certainly positioned as the guy to take down NWO. And then uh, Starcade happened, and he kind of did? And maybe we'll get to that yeah, one we'll that. <laughs> And so you're right. Uh, going back to what you said earlier, the big angle leading to the main event of this match was Arn Anderson retiring um, from professional wrestling due to injury and nominated the newly acquired Kurt Hennig as a new position in the Four Horsemen. And then the next week, the NW will come out and make fun of Arn Anderson's retirement, um, leading to this four-on-four War Games main event. Yeah. Um, so on the Nitro, when the NW came out and made fun of Arn Anderson, the Four Horsemen were supposed to come out and attack them after the segment. You know, like, how dare you make fun of a friend like that? But, uh, of course, Kevin Nash had that next. So it was just him making fun of the Four Horsemen with no comeuppance on the show. Oh my gosh. And uh, according to Brian Alvarez and, and R.D. Reynolds, that displeased more than a couple people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> they just get to do whatever they want. Free right, game. right. And so that was that was the big main event angle for the show. Um, only two title matches. Yes. And Hogan is nowhere to be seen. Yes. The big reason for that is because Hogan costs so much. So they would not put him on every show. Correct. Okay. Um, Trevor, I think that's enough, uh, that's enough preamble. Ready to get into the show? Let's do it. Okay, let's fucking do this shit. WCW Fall Bar 1997, September the 14th from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, deep in the heart of Flair Country. Mm. Deep. Opening match, Eddie Guerrero versus Cruiserweight Champion Chris Jericho for that Cruiserweight Championship match. Trevor, is it weird to see Eddie Guerrero wrestle after all these years of him passing away? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I, I Because I didn't see him much, and I only saw him in WWE as a young sure. young lad. Sure. I know for me, I had a brief moment of, oh man, Eddie, it's kind of weird to see him. And then I, I moved over quickly, so just didn't know if, if you felt anything. Also, I wanted to point out there were chance of deport Eddie during this match. Oh, I didn't even hear that. So, uh, good old America. <laughs> well, this is a weird putting its, it. Yeah, putting its best foot forward. Um, anyway, so let's actually get into the match itself. They they comment on the amount of times they comment on luchadors. Yeah. Is uh, we should play a drinking game. <laughs> With tequila. Do they comment on luchadors? Take a drink. <laughs> they say the luchador style is so different from anything yeah. we've ever seen before. Take a <laughs> drink. Finish your drink. Actually, <laughs> you, want, you want to know what's awful, Trevor? That still happens. Watching two hundred five live from last week, and it's uh uh. It's a, it's a tag team match. All four men are from Mexico. Two of them are wearing masks. You think they're not talking about that Lucha Libre style still? And <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It's like, we get it. We get it. The style's a little different down south, okay? You don't just stop. Anyway, <laughs> um, I enjoyed this match, Trevor. Yes. I liked this match. This was solid. Yes. Um, I thought there were a few more rest holds than I expected from these two, um, but I thought they were still worked smartly. To elongate the match and still emphasize what Eddie Guerrero was doing going after Chris Jericho's back. Um, so they didn't particularly bore me because they didn't do boring rest holds. No. No. Uh, I thought it was funny that uh, Chris Jericho did the old school armbar before mixed martial arts became popular and we all knew what a real armbar was. When uh, he would put one foot in the armpit 
one foot on the head and then just like pull the arm. Because <laughs> this was a... See, this was an interesting time before MMA became popular. So no one... All this bullshit was super fake. Yes. <laughs> um. So any other uh, thoughts on the match? What would you like about it? Would you dislike? Um... I thought it was interesting that they push push Yerko Cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though it's, uh, it seems to be always the first match in the pay-per-view, yeah. the Cruiserweight. But, uh, yeah, they seem to like Jericho with how much they push him. Yeah, so an uh, interesting thing with WCW is that they certainly featured these guys. Like, they liked, them, they liked Jericho and Guerrero and Mysterio and Malenko and Benoit and those guys. They liked them enough to feature them a lot. Like, they got TV time, but they were never positioned anywhere near the top guys which was would you know which in 97 is fine because you know they shouldn't be the top guys are much bigger stars but you know come 99 when you haven't made any new stars yep and it's the same guys in the main events over and over and over again yep people aren't buying your pay-per-views same with wwe so same with wwe especially when you only make one star at a time like cena and then he leaves and there's just no one else on your brand to draw anyway um, so yeah, I thought it was good psychology, some good spots, good work overall. I gave it three and three quarter stars. Trevor? I gave it four. Gave it four flat? Awesome. Uh, Dave Meltzer, we will be reporting Dave Meltzer's star ratings throughout. Not because he's some sort of objective baseline or bar for pro wrestling, but he's a respected journalist, so we're just comparing against his. He also gave this three and three quarters. We're all right around the same. We're all right around the same. Good old Big Melts and I will disagree quite a bit as the night goes on. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Me neither. Um, this title change... Oh, I didn't even see the winner. So Guerrero beat Jericho to win the Cruiserweight title, mm-hmm. which leads to his awesome Mask vs. title match against Mysterio at Halloween Havoc next month. So good. Um, which, again, is a title change. So that's three months in a row that there's a Cruiserweight title change. Trevor, they... Hot shouting that belt a little too much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they need to settle down. I think they need to settle down too. Um, thankfully, it's nowhere near as bad as the year 2000 when they passed the World Heavyweight Championship around 20 times. Trevor, that's not an exaggeration. There were literally 20 title changes in the year 2000 in WCW. You, build For their top, you don't. <laughs> For their top title, Trevor. Their top title. This isn't uh, the never-open-weight six-man titles, folks. This was probably the second most prestigious title in the world that they were doing that to. Anyway, and maybe back 2000 it wasn't. Moving on. We had the Steiner brothers. Yeah. Scott and oh, Rick. Oh, oh, oh. Rick. Rick Steiner barking like a madman. And Scott Steiner, huge as hell. <laughs> do, you think, do you think the thing where Scott stands there and Rick goes under his legs and then starts barking... <laughs> Is weird. Well, how would you describe that in one word? Um. Oh my god. Pro wrestling. <laughs> I don't know in any other form of entertainment. People like, like that. that. And <laughs> I'm going. This is really awkward. <laughs> Trevor's like, what is happening? Um. So yes, they're doing that. Scott Steiner is the babyface, and he is massive. <laughs> he has a brown hair instead of his blonde, and is pulled back into a ponytail. You think Vince was looking at his lats? Oh, Vince was doing more than looking at his lats. <laughs> Um, Trevor, did you know that Scott Steiner is the only pro wrestler ever to be charged with terroristic threats? <laughs> that is funny. So, yes, yeah, so those are the Steiners going up against Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray, and Booker T. Are they bad guys in this? I couldn't tell. That's what I, was, that's what I wanted to ask you as soon as we started this match. I said, 
I got ask Lance, are they bad guys? So I I think the Steiners were the baby faces. So yes, I think that put Harlem Heat as the heels. Of course. I, so uh, so yeah, Harlem Heat, Stevie Ray, and Booker T. Clearly, one of those went somewhere after this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Trevor, I thought this match was fine for its time. I guess. Um, I I gave it two and three quarters. I gave it three. Oh hey, hey! And I just looked at it and I thought maybe I was being a little generous. But, yeah. <laughs> but I remember there being times of it being good. Like they're not bad wrestlers. Right. Right. Like it was fine. It was fine. And uh, Scott and Rick, I thought because their big thing was they'd suplex the fuck out of you. And the storyline was fine in it. So yeah. Yeah. I give it three. It was fine. It was fine. Um, big melts. Two and a quarter. Here's, here's a little below us. No, I, I'm fine with that, honestly. Yeah, I thought, well, because it's like, I was fine with it because what they did was fine. The psychology made sense. They did get a few spots, of, a few impor- important high spots over. It's like, yeah. So, that's where I was at with it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival. Sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance-enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com, and for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com, enter the code B+, at checkout. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Next, we had Trevor's all-time favorite wrestler, Alex Wright. <laughs> Against the Ultimo Dragon. <laughs> Against the Ultimo Dragon. Trevor, was this... Were you the first time you'd ever seen Alex Wright wrestle? Yes. Okay. First time I've heard of him. Oh, okay. So I'd heard of him, but this is the first time I've seen him wrestle too. What were your thoughts on Alex Wright? Um, he he just they tried to push him as the heel, and I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> it felt forced. Sure, sure. Uh, was it because of his dancing? You thought maybe he should have been a babyface. It was all just weird. This tall, skinny dude coming in dancing. Sure, and you're just like Ultimate Dragon's not like a huge baby face, so yeah, he wasn't super over as a baby face. If you're trying to make him like a super heel or get the crowd really against him, they were against him 
but you want him to like really boo him. Yeah. Put him up against Rey Mysterio or sure. someone else. Sure. Ultimate sure. Dragon is just too um, subtle. The crowd's not super behind him. Crowd is not super behind him. So both the, both these guys are solid workers. Ultimate Dragon, you know, a little more so. Um, Ultimate Dragon's still working here and there. He had a match a couple weeks ago in Japan. That's at, uh, at Dragon Gates. That was actually an emotional moment because he had a he helped start that promotion and then he had a big falling out about fifteen years ago and hadn't been back since. So good for all small dragon there. Um but this was much closer to his prime. He did his signature Asai moonsault, which he invented, and it's named after him, where he did the springboard moonsault from the middle rope yes. to the outside. I like the dragon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good worker. He's um let's just say America was not his prime uh, audience. His character <laughs> his character wasn't great. There was like no personality behind it, but yeah. it was fun. Much more popular good. in Mexico yeah. and Japan. Um, so very good when he got offense. I thought Altrite took too much offense, which kind of slowed it way, way down for me. So yes. So I, I think it made it too long, too. So I went a little lower on this one. I gave it... Oh, no, I didn't. I went three even on this. Oh, wow. Wow. That's funny. I was talking about it, and I thought I didn't like it as much, but I gave it three. What did you give it? I gave it three and a quarter, and here's the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> I, when it started, I said, okay, I gotta watch this so I can I can talk about it with Lance. Yeah, yeah. I started watching it, and the first five, ten minutes, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. Yeah. And then it kept going, <laughs> and I hated it the rest of the way. <laughs> but I was like, I was like... First five, ten minutes. It was pretty good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So I'll give it a decent rating. Yeah. Just because of those first five, sure. ten minutes. So th- this match went about 18, I think, if I remember correctly. It's almost half of it. I was just about to say, if you so if you thought it went like ten flat, it would have been like a really, really good match. Yeah. I Honestly, Trevor, I very much agree. So three and a quarter. Yeah. This match did not need to go as nearly as long as it did. No. Um. So Trevor, in WCW right now, there's a lot of singles titles. <laughs> There's the World Heavyweight title, there's the U.S. title, there's the TV title, there's the Cruiserweight title. Is that too much for one division? What do you mean one division? Uh, let me, sure, sure. So, like, uh, maybe maybe it's still two, because you have the Heavyweight and the Cruiserweight, so those are two different weight divisions. But you got the U.S. and TV title in there as well, which would seem to be for the same guys that are would want to go for the World title, but they're just not good enough. Oh, I see what you're getting. Yeah, is that too many too many singles titles? Um, because I I get the weight I get the weight one, but the U.S. and the TV to give four for singles male wrestlers. The TV does seem weird. A little redundant. I like the U.S. that they can push somebody else. Um, when Piper's not fighting Hogan <laughs> at the top, he can go for the U.S., which he does. Fucking Piper. Um. But the U.S. seems to get, every pay per view. It's like, oh, this guy has it now. Okay, yeah. seems to get passed around a lot. Yes, passed around titles was uh, something that happened quite a bit. Which on one level they could get away with because they usually didn't do it with the heavyweight in '97 too much. Because you got to remember when Hogan won it in '96. No, he did not. Right, right. Because when Hogan won it in '96, he held it most of the time from '96 to Starcade '97. Yes. Because he dropped it to Luger for that week. Was there? Did he ever drop it to Piper? He never dropped it on pay per view. Yeah. So I think he. With that one exception of that week-long drop to Luger, he had it from August '96 to December '97. Yep. So they were do- so they may have tossed it around with the undercard belts, but with the heavyweight title, they were they were smart there for a while, and things went downhill. So I I hope we do wrestling rewind long enough to where like we're in February '99 and we're just fucking 
shit and yeah, let's do it. I'm just god. <laughs> Trevor's like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to suffer. <laughs> let's start, start with Road Wild. Let's watch this shit. Okay, um, Big Melts gave this match three and a half. The Alex Wright Ultimate Dragon? Yeah. Three and a half. So I went three, he went three and a quarter, he went three and a half. Next. Um, oh, we had a segment of NWO attacking Kurt Hennig backstage. Yeah. They started teasing that Hennig might not be able to team yep, up injured. with his four horsemen teammates yep. for the Warriors match. So more to come on that. Next, we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Dean Malenko. Oh, I'm sorry. Alex Wright retained. He won the match. He retained the TV title over Ultimo Dragon. Um, and then next match, we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Dean Malenko to become the number one contender for the United States title. Trevor, let me read to you the notes I took on this match. Fine. And that's all I wrote. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Apparently, it was just very middling for me. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I did. I thought, Jared's a fun character, and yeah. the crowd is always hating on him. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of fun when you can do that, unlike Alex Wright. <laughs> um, Malenko is always a solid wrestler. Yeah. Not no, my style, but I was going to say, you're not the biggest Malenko guy. No, but I know he's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you put him with Jared, and, you know. The serious stone cold face mm-hmm. versus the hated guy, the J A double or J E double F. Oh fuck, I can't spell. Um, so yeah, both these guys, sons of uh, uh, wrestlers, Jerry Jarrett and uh, Boris Malenko. Boris, <laughs> Boris Malenko. Um, I gave this a three flat. Trevor, three and a half. Wow. I liked it. Really high on this. Melts gave it three and a quarter. We're always... We're, we're, so far, we're hovering. Disagreement is coming. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, okay, next, Trevor. We had Wraith... I'm sorry, <laughs> Wrath. Wrath and Mortis defeating Faces of Fear. Do you like to share your thoughts on this tag match of epic proportions? I'll say this. <laughs> I wrote down, if you can see my notes, I thought they were called Faces of Evil. <laughs> and I thought, that's really kind of dark. And then I saw the match. I actually watched it. Oh, it's fear. Okay. Get <laughs> um, you know, I actually liked, I thought Mortis stood out. Yeah. Yeah. He had some cool offense. Not I, gonna liked, lie. I liked Mortis. Yeah. And that's where it ends. <laughs> that's awesome. That match was terrible. Um, most of it was uh, not well worked, no. Um, I thought they had a cool finish. Other than that, Mortis had some cool moves. There yeah. were some botched selling. There were some. There had to be some miscommunication because there are some spots that some, just yeah, did not. It just was like it was like eye oh, opening. Yeah, it's like oh, you guys are professionals. Oh, so uh, they which, always put them like two before the main <laughs> event too because they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> I just go why why not Guerrero Jericho in this spot? Trevor, it's it's still a big man business in '97. It's still a big man business. Will be when Vince takes over too. And you know what? Listen, when Vince, listen, if Vince ever stops running WWE, which I'm not sure that he'll die in the next thirty years, <laughs> uh, Triple H is much more open to smaller guys than Vince is. Thank God. Obviously, AEW will be. Um, obviously, New Japan is, although they still push bigger guys more than I'd like. Because I hate Bad Luck Fale. And hot take, I don't like Lance Archer. Even though he's a really cool first name. But this is not a WWE podcast. This is not a New Japan podcast. So we'll move on. Um, I gave this match two and a half. Trevor. Two and a half. Two and a half. Do you want to know what, what Big Dave gave it? Three and a half. What the Melts gave it? One and a quarter. <laughs> Literally half of you and I. 
Yeah, some good spots. I had to give it two and a half. Sure. Mills gave it one and a quarter. Next, we had the Giants defeating Scott Norton, in which the Giants, the babyface, sold for about half of this match. That was small... five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't understand this mindset. So the, the basic match structure in American pro wrestling is that the babyface starts out doing strong, then the heel somehow gets an advantage either through a big move or through a cheating spot. And then they get heat, heat, heat on the babyface, beat up the babyface, beat up the babyface. Babyface makes a comeback, and either the babyface wins, or the heel cuts them off and wins. It's the structure of most U.S. pro wrestling, primarily WWE. So they went with this basic structure, but since the giant is the babyface, he had to sell for half this match, and he had to try garner sympathy for the smaller man that was beating him up. Trevor, that felt weird to me. This match felt weird. <laughs> it was short. It was very short. I'm like, who is Scott Norton? And why is he fighting the giant? Oh, this one was two before the pay-per-view. <laughs> yes, yes. For no contender, no belt. Just a match. I said, why is this here? <laughs> was it good at some moments? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked the brief giant comeback. Very brief. Very brief. But it was hot. Yeah. The crowd was in the giant. Yes, they were. They had not killed the giant yet. Yet being the keyword. Um, so giant gets the win. He will also be out of the company in five months. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. And uh, coming up up through the ring to attack Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, Scott Norton, for those of you that don't know, former IWGP heavyweight champion for New Japan. That should tell you how tough the early 2000s were for New Japan. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Um, Trevor, I gave this two and a half stars. What did you give it? I gave it three, just for its moments. Sure, yep. Because I, I thought it was fine for what it was. I tried to gauge it for the seven minutes that it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and it's tough, too, to like kind of, to rate matches from 97, because everything's just so different now. So it's hard to like, put yourself back there and try to try to gauge it. Um, I know what Big Dave gave it? Let's hear it. One and a quarter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think three is actually generous now that I think about it. But... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now let's uh let's get to the semi main trap. Let's get to these two. Let's, let's let's get to these two. So this this tag match, let's just say this is not my cup of tea. Really? So the finish wasn't, and I will go off okay, on a moment. Okay. We had so the giant beat Scott Norton. I always forget to give list the results. I'll just leave with the results on this you one. You don't need to for shitty matches. Le- <laughs> Lex Luger and Diamond Dallas Page. Defeat Scott Hall and Randy Savage, kinda. It was weird. <laughs> because Larry Zabisco, the living legend, the man who got who made it big by beating Bruno San Martino back in the fucking seventy whatever the fuck, came down from the commentator <laughs> booth and counted the pen when the referee was knocked out. Trevor, does that count as a win? This happens all the time. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. What was it? There was another pay per view a while back, and um, the NWO ref—I uh, forget his name now. Oh, uh, I just had it. Nick? No, I can't. Remember. Uh, Nick Patrick. Nick Patrick. Nick it Patrick. Nick. Yeah. Nick Patrick. The other ref went down. He came in and counted the pin. NWO was mad because they lost. I'm just like, okay, I get when it's another ref. <laughs> But when Larry Zabisco counts it and tells him to ring the bell, <laughs> you don't have to ring the bell. JR cannot come down from the commentator's no. booth 
count the pin and have it count. Sting doesn't come in, count the pin. Yeah, I... No. So, it's an official ref. Right. So this is so dumb. This is absurd. This is the kind of stuff, Trevor, that would kill WCW in the second half of 98 and in 99, okay? So if you keep watching this stuff, you get ready for more of this. Because there's matches where someone who's not even in the match pins someone else that's not even in the match, and that's how the match ends. Well, what was it? In that Harlem <laughs> Heat-Steiners match? Yeah. There was one point I knew Stevie Ray was tagged in, but when they all four went in, Stevie Ray got out. And I said, no, he's the legal man. Yeah. And then I think Booker T got pinned, and I went, he was Doesn't not count. legal. <laughs> he was not legal. Yeah. It was it was that attention to detail, Trevor, that uh, would not be paid attention to in coming years and would uh, would hurt this company quite a bit. Um, so Or the fact that, so I'm watching Halloween Havoc. Yeah. And Kurt Hennig fought, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of it right now? He, who did he fight? Well, anyways. Oh, Ric Flair. He's oh, okay. Ric Flair. Sure. And they're both going after each other's right knee. And then all of a sudden, after 15 minutes of this match of Hennig getting his knee berated, yes. just runs over to yes. the announcement table. I said, you should be selling your knee yes. right now, hobbling over yes. there instead of sprinting the full strength. So, Trevor, can I tell you what the finish of a cage match at WWE Stomping Grounds was two months ago? Oh, no. So Ziggler's working over Kofi Kingston's knee the entire cage match. That's the big story of the match. So do you want to know what the finish was? Ziggler has the door open and he's crawling through the bottom rope. Well, Kofi, on the other side of the ring, sprints and jumps through the middle and top rope to touch the ground before Ziggler. After his knee being worked on the entire fucking match. I gave this match a star and a half. What did you give it, Trevor? Oh, really? Yeah. A star and a half? I gave it three and three quarter. Three and three quarter? It's just the ending was weird, but I thought it was good. Wow. So, yeah, before that, there was a lot of heat. I liked it. The crowd it. was super into it. I liked it a lot, actually. The finish was enough that it killed it for me. Ah, okay. You gave it a star and a half. You gave it three and three quarters? Yeah. Wow, we're having disagreement. Want to know what the Melts gave it? Let's hear it. Two. Okay, well, I'm in the minority. Too flat. On this match, I can almost guarantee you, you would be in the minority on giving it three and three I liked quarters. It. That's I fine. Trevor, never let anyone tell you you can't like something or that liking something in pro wrestling is stupid. DDP, I really like DDP. Yeah. I do not like Macho Man, but <laughs> there's three other guys in this match, right, so. Right, Well, I think it's important to distinguish Macho Man at this stage in his career. You know, in, uh, in 88, 89, he's still very, very good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Okay, we'll save that discussion. No, no, no. I was oh, agreeing. Oh, oh, gosh, gotcha, like, gotcha. Yep, like, he's not good. No, I, I thought you were saying, like, oh, no, he always sucked. And I was like, oh, shit. We'll save that disagreement. Okay, Trevor. Big time for the main event. Here we go. NWO defeating the four horsemen in the War Games match. The three horsemen. The three horsemen, as it turned to be out, yes. Because Kurt Hennig, who is the final entrant into this match. They got me. Ended up teaming with NWO and attacking four horsemen. Did you like this swerve? I did. I I knew he was going to come out, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, he'll fight for the Four Horsemen and they'll sure. probably win. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Mm. So so the turn, the swerve, the surprise worked for you. It did. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you get the vibe from the crowd that it was working for them? Uh, not too much. Yeah. Um, Personally, I think part of that was that it was in North Carolina, where the Four Horsemen, particularly Ric Flair, were always super popular. Um. Let me tell you, this is not the only time that in the Carolinas they made Ric Flair look like a goof. Basically, every time they came to the Carolinas, the NWO would do whatever they could to make Ric Flair look like an idiot. Because they didn't want him being over. 
so that he wouldn't take any of the spotlight. Bischoff's in charge. Bischoff's in charge. And when NWO is making the money, he does whatever they say. Yep. Ends up biting him in the ass. Um, so Trevor, this is probably the worst War Games match I'd ever seen. Wow, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Granted, um, I believe I've only seen four, maybe five. No, no, no. I know I've seen five or six because Luke got that War Games yes. collection. And we watched a... I know I've seen at least three matches in that collection. And then I saw this. And then I saw um, the two matches, the two Warriors matches that NXT has done. So of those six Warriors matches, this is either the worst or second worst. Wow. Yeah. Now, granted, one of those is a five-star match. <laughs> well, you, I think they could have picked someone else besides Buff Bagwell. Oh, my God. Buff Bagwell has no business being in this industry at any point in his life. He is atrocious on the mic, in the ring, his charisma, everything about him is the worst. I hate Buff Bagwell. He's terrible. I hate Buff Bagwell. He's bad. But anyway. I like this match. I did. Wow. We very much disagree We're going to disagree on, on this. Yeah. I, see, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts going maybe, forward. Maybe it's because I was zoned in on the Kurt Hennig thing. Yeah, the, and, yeah, the angle worked so well for and, you. And then it worked. Sure, sure. Um, so NWO is still going strong. They get the win here. Hennig is now joined the team. We are, what is it, three months away from the supposed big blow-off. Sting versus Hogan, main event, Stark at 97. WCW's biggest buy rate ever. It can only go one one way from there. It can only go one way from there. Um, Trevor, I gave this match two and a half. What would you give it? Well, now I'm rethinking mine. <laughs> nope. But, but I, did, I gave it based on initial reaction right after it. Yeah. So I gave it four. That, hey, Trevor, you like what you like, okay? I liked it. I did not like Buff Bagwell. We can agree on that. We can agree on that. Um, Big Mouth gave it two and a half as well. So you're in the minority on that. And you're right. So I knew the angle was coming because I knew that's how the match ended before yep. I watched it. Oh, yeah. So that was probably a big thing for it too. Yeah, I didn't. I kind of... Clean slate. Right. Know. Man, I kind of envy you. You're just like enjoying the stuff as we go along. Yeah, I don't know anything. I, should, I shouldn't I should spoil anything for you going forward. Just, just get your reaction. Well, I saw a sting on the cover of Starkid. Sure. So I, I knew he was going to fight. Right, then, right. But... And, and that's the big one. I can't wait to talk to Starkid with you. I hope you, me, and Luke get to talk Starkid. Let's do Starkid. I'd love to do that. Um, that could be the next one. That, oh, I, I'd like to go in order. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do Halloween Havoc next. Um, or if you want, we could do WWF Bad Blood. Which has the first ever Hell in a Cell match for WWE. 97? 97. Five stars, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Oh yeah, that's gotta be good. Oh yeah. It really is. It's really long. It's like a 40 minute match. <laughs> but it's awesome. Anyway, so hopefully the first of many Rassler Rewinds here on the Wrestling Landscape Podcast. Um, for Trevor Larson, I'm your host, Lance Larson. Thank you so much for listening and take care.